0: Hello, my praying people. You are listening to the Prayer Clinic Podcast, and I'm Leanne McCoy, your host. On this podcast, we're going to unpack the mystery of prayer. Along the way, your faith will be strengthened and your relationship with Christ will be taken to new levels. Prayer is the most powerful tool we have as believers, but far too few of us know where to even begin in exercising and using this powerful tool. Let's take this journey together and experience what happens when we pray. Hello, my praying people. Every once in a while, I will be thinking about these podcasts and thinking about what it is that uh, God's put on my heart for us to throw out here into this podcast world. And during this back to school series, I went back to some of my files and I found a message that I had done several years ago that I titled Divine Weapons to Demolish Strongholds for Moms. And I was thinking, you know, as our children go back to school, I think that a great way for us to prepare our hearts, our minds, our souls, is to recognize that spiritual warfare could very well, in fact, probably will be a part of what happens in our families and the lives of our children and our lives as they go back into school this year. And as I was thinking that, I thought, you know what, it would probably be helpful for all of us to be reminded of this particular message. Now, you may not know, or you might, but I have written two books on spiritual warfare. One is called Spiritual Warfare for Women, and the other one is called Spiritual Warfare for Your Family. In both of those books, I talk about what spiritual warfare is and how it is that we as believers not only fight the battles, but how we fight from a posture of absolute undisputed victory, and then how we win. And so this particular message about the divine weapons that we have that can demolish strongholds come out comes out of my book, Spiritual Warfare for Your Family. Now, not the exact words that I'm about to share with you come out of that book, but the inspiration for this message comes out of that book. Because in Spiritual Warfare for Your Family, I talk about what these divine weapons are, And then I talk about, um, well, the power that these divine weapons have, and then I give you some examples of what some of the weapons are, and that's exactly what I'm about to do in this message. Now, I am reading from my notes, which I don't think you're going to mind that, but every once in a while you might hear a page shuffle, and just know that I've got to use my notes so that I say this just the way that I wrote it down and want it to be out there. So here we go, Lord, bless the teaching of your word, and just, the truth of this message as we share it with others and father bless those that are hearing it that they would feel girded up and be reminded of the great victory that is ours in Christ Jesus I want to remind you that spiritual warfare is real now I was somewhat surprised by the transformation that happened to me when my daughter Michael arrived in my world I was a reasonable woman. I was educated and skilled. I actually had a career, a husband, and a home. I had dreams of what the future might hold, but I had no idea. The warrior woman who was hiding dormant in my heart. That warrior woman was birthed right along with my daughter. She doubled in strength and power when my second daughter, Kaylee, came along, only 18 months later. (laughs) And then when my son TJ was born, 20 months after that, I became a force to be reckoned with. Woe to the one who might come between this woman and her children. Isn't it amazing how well equipped we are to go to battle for our kids? It's natural for us. God made us this way. It's part of being mother. By nature, the love we have for our children has an element of ferociousness. While most every mother maintains some measure of this, those of us who love the Lord and have committed our lives to serve Him as citizens of His kingdom, we know the true purpose of our ferocity. We are actively engaged in a vicious war that is called spiritual Spiritual warfare is real. It's the ongoing forces of evil led by heaven's rebel, Lucifer, and a third of the fallen angels battling against the revelation of God's power and love in our world today. But because God chooses, for the most part, to limit the expression of his power to partnership with us, we're in the thick of the battle. Satan wars against the way we think and therefore the way we feel. And the way we behave. He lies to us. He deceives us. He seduces us. He accuses us. He wants us to live our lives as if all that matters is the dash between the dates. That dash that will one day be on our tombstones that lies right there between the birth date and the death date. Satan wants to make a mockery of God and so he targets believers and attacks our fate. And for those of us who are mothers, Satan knows how serious we are about these kids. He also knows how incredibly influential we are in their lives. Don't you still hear your mother in your head? I do. Satan will target us for attack. He focuses his strategy on our relationships with our kids. Spiritual warfare is real. And the battlefield we're gonna talk about is the one we live on that involves our children. The good news is that God has given us an amazing arsenal of weapons that are superior to any the enemy might mimic. Let me tell you about these weapons. First of all, let's talk about the nature of the weapons God's given us. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 through five say this, Indeed, we live as human beings, but we do not wage war according to human standards. For the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So first of all, as we look at these three verses, we see that the weapons God's given us are spiritual, not physical. That's because the battle is spiritual, not physical. These weapons are made for a spiritual battle. If we were fighting a physical battle, we would use physical weapons, such as swords and shields, guns and cannons, and maybe even missiles. But because our war is spiritual, we use spiritual weapons. They're custom designed to be effective in spiritual battles. Note what our weapons are able to do. This will give you insight into the nature of the battleground. Our weapons are able to destroy strongholds. They destroy arguments, and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God. The weapons God provides for us have the power to not only destroy, but also to subdue. Whatever thoughts and arguments that are not destroyed are made captive to the obedience of Christ. So these spiritual weapons are directly related to what goes on inside of our heads in the battlefield of our minds. Notice, secondly, that the weapons God's given us have divine power to destroy. Let's think about this divine power. If something has a turbo engine, what can we expect? If something is supersonic, if it's state-of-the-art, or the most incredible ever, what can we expect? In our world today, power is generated by gas, water, wind, fire, solar energy. Power comes in all kinds of ways. But the power that comes to the weapons we use in spiritual warfare comes from God himself. And he is the creator of the wind, the water, the fire, the energy. God is the energy behind all of the power that we know in the world. The weapons we've been given have divine power coming directly from God. Consider the most amazing display of God's power that you can possibly imagine. Maybe you're thinking of Niagara Falls, a hurricane, a volcano. Remember the tsunami of 2004? The weapons we've been given have power. Their power is unsurpassed. It's the most powerful power ever. Divine power to destroy. So our weapons are spiritual, and they have divine power. When a soldier goes to battle, his actual clothing serves as a strategic part of his weaponry. The uniforms our soldiers wear today are flame-retardant. They're treated with permethrin to ward against malaria. The colors are designed to camouflage soldiers in the desert, in urban areas, and forested terrain. Special technology is used to identify friendly personnel when night vision is used. The jacket has bodyguards sewn into it. The headgear, trousers, and shoes all have specific battle-ready components. In other words, when our soldiers dress for battle, they are fully armored up with modern-day armor the weapons God's given us, begin with our battle gear. In Ephesians 6, Paul reminds us again that we're not battling against flesh and blood. He goes on to give us a bit more information regarding the nature of our enemies. In verse 12, For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. My friends, we are battling against what? Rulers, authorities, world powers of this darkness, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenlies. Don't ever underestimate your enemy. He's powerful. He is more powerful than you are apart from Christ. But don't ever overestimate his power either. 1 John 4, 4 says this, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There are governing orders in the heavenly realms. This is a realm, not the earthly realm, but in the heavenlies where the spiritual powers and forces dwell. There are governing orders in the heavenlies and Jesus rules over them. Colossians 1, 18 through 20 tell us that Jesus is supreme over all creation on earth and in the heavenlies. In other words... He rules heaven's supreme court, and even the demons are subject to his rule and his authority. So remember, spiritual warfare is real, the battleground can be your home, and your enemy is intent on destroying your children's lives and your relationship with them. However, you can win this fight, and not only can you, but you will. For God has provided battle gear to protect you as you fight, and he has provided weapons with divine power to destroy the enemy wherever it is that you go. We're all fairly familiar with the armor that God's given us to wear in battle. Let's see if we can name each part. So we have the the helmet of salvation that protects our minds and our thoughts. The breastplate of righteousness that covers us before the Lord God Almighty. He sees the righteousness of Christ when he looks at us. The breastplate of righteousness. We have the belt of truth. We are literally held together and our breeches held up with the truth of the word of God. Our feet are fitted with the good news of peace. We travel with deep-seated and deep-rooted peace wherever it is we go. We carry with us in one hand the shield of faith. And in the other, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. If our battle was against flesh and blood... We might wear something like what Goliath wore. He had a helmet of bronze on his head and a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had greaves of bronze on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed 600 shekels of iron. And even then he had a shield-bearer who went before him. I don't know about you, but when I think about all that, I feel weighted down already. <laughs> Nonetheless, that's how they went to battle back in that day because in that day all of battle was hand-to-hand combat. It was face to face. It was it was power against power of the human body against the human body and therefore all of the armor was protect the physical body. This battle, my friends, today is hand-to-hand combat, but its spirit against spirit. It's thought against suggestion. It is truth against deception. We are well equipped for the battle because the armor God has given us is salvation, righteousness, truth, faith, peace, and the spirit of the living God. It reminds me of Iron Man's suit. There was a scene in one of the Iron Man movies where Iron Man suddenly appears out of the sky and in a very desperate situation where hostages had been taken and and assassinations were about to happen, Iron Man just triggers these little buttons on his suit and targets the bad guys and immediately they're taken out in a skinny minute. I like that scene. <laughs> Y'all didn't know I was so violent, did you? But I like that scene because it's how we get to show up on the battlefield, my friends. We don't come to get beat about and to be taken as prisoner of war. We show up on the spiritual battlefield, fully equipped in the full armor of God, the spiritual armor that is perfect. And we bring with us these divine weapons that will annihilate the enemy and advance the kingdom of God. So let's talk about these weapons. Oh, there's so many weapons that we've been given part of the hidden blessing of living life on the battlefield is that we get to discover yet another amazing weapon that holds divine power. But I'm going to share with you five of the weapons that have served me best in my battle for my children. The first one is knowing what the future holds. One of the weapons God's allowed me to use is the ability to see into the future. He did this often during battles recorded in the Old Testament, and he does this today in the battles I fight for my kids, and here's how. God tells me what is coming in his word. One of my favorite verses is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Who does not love Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? But I was warned by a friend of mine one time that that was Jeremiah 29 11 and that the Lord was saying those words through Jeremiah. It was not Jeremiah 29 11, even though I think I know the plans I have for my beautiful children and they are certainly to prosper them and not to harm them to give them hope and a future. But those are my plans, not their plans. And they're certainly my plans and not God's plans. But God has the plans. And he knows them, and he has told us that they are good plans. And in Job we read that the plans of the war Lord shall not be thwarted. Another great verse I love is Zephaniah 3:17. This was in fact, a promise from God's word he gave me over my daughter Michael when she um, began to to go astray from the plans the Jeremiah plans I had for her life. And that verse simply says, "I am mighty to save." I will take great delight over you and rejoice over you with singing. And the Lord said to me, I will take great delight in Michael. I already do. And I am rejoicing over her with singing. And he can, he can do things that we cannot do and be where we cannot be. Nevertheless, God told me what was coming in his word. Even in the worst part of my journey with my daughter, Michael, he was telling me that the day was coming when the plans were going to be good. And the day was coming when there would be delight over her and rejoicing over her with singing singing. God tells me what the future holds through my prayer partners. I have sweetest prayer partnership with a friend named Karen. Actually, she and I were the ones who birthed the prayer clinic idea. And when my daughter was pregnant um, out of wedlock with my granddaughter, Misty, I was on the phone with Karen and we were praying and she was just speaking forth prophetically. That this baby that was coming into our world was not going to be a baby of disaster, but that she was going to be a baby of great joy and great delight. In fact, my prayer partner used the word that she would become a river of delight. And if any of you ever meet Misty, you would say that she is certainly that. The Lord spoke to me about my future through my prayer partner, Karen. God also tells me about my future in his still, small voice. Many times I've heard the still, small voice of God. And in it, he has assured me that he can go where I cannot, that he sees what I don't, that he knows what I don't know. And that even when the path of my children might be something that is causing me to be anxious, that I can truly Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let my requests be made known to the Lord because he loves them with his everlasting love and he will watch over them. And he has already guaranteed me that he will protect them and that he will bring them fully around to a wholehearted devotion to himself. God talks to me in his still small voice. And therefore I can know what the future holds because I walk with God and because he's already been to my tomorrows. I fight from a posture of knowing what the future holds. And my friends, even when I don't know the what my future holds, I do know who holds my future. So the first of my divine weapons is to know what the future holds or who holds the future. My second is getting to have personal audience with God. In Exodus, only Moses got to enter the tent of meeting. The Israelites would stand at the entrances of their tents, and they'd watch in wonder as Moses represented them before God. Jesus made the way for us to enter into that sacred place like Moses did. Jesus removed the veil that separated us from the presence of God. And because we are clothed in the breastplate of righteousness. The writer of Hebrews tells us that we can enter boldly into the throne room of God. We're not only welcomed there, but encouraged to come. This amazing privilege of prayer allows us to bring our children right there before the throne of the Lord God Almighty. Even if they've not received Jesus as their Savior, we can represent them before God like Moses represented the Israelites before God. We get to stand in the gap for them. One of my favorite verses to endorse this amazing weapon and the divine power that it carries is Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. Because in Isaiah 62, 6 and 7, we read that we can give him, the Lord God Almighty, no rest until he completes his work in our children's hearts and our mind, and their minds, you better believe I am on it. God partners with our tenacious mother-bear hearts to accomplish the pushing back of evil forces that press toward our children. If your child's life conflicts with what you know is God's best for him or her, mama, keep pressing into God and asking him to complete his work in them. You have personal audience in the throne room of the Lord God Almighty. Take full advantage of it. The third divine weapon that we have that I want to talk to you about today is over 3,000 promises in God's word. Think about the power of the word of God. God used this power to literally speak the world into order. God spoke and creation assembled. Think about the power of God's word. He used this power to save us from sin. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. God's word is powerful. God's word is active. God's word is his bond. God keeps his word and if he has promised to do something, you can bet your boots on it. He will do it. There's only one thing God cannot do. God cannot break a promise. The promises God's given me for my children are like this amazing trust. They sit here in in, in his book, in the book, in the Bible, right here in the Bible, ready to be applied to your specific situation but unless you open the book and make a withdrawal, you miss the divine power of this weapon. My friends, ask God to show you a word from his word for your child in his or her specific situation. And when God does, and he will, cling to that promise, hold God to it, and watch and see him before, perform it before your very eyes. The fourth divine weapon, and this is such a sweet one, fellowship with other mothers. We can love one another better than the world because we have personal experience with love himself. The world has only a shadow. We have the real deal. In John 17, Jesus told us that we have this amazing ability to be one with one another. We have the opportunity to be intimate, to be into me see With each other. God made us to need this kind of fellowship with each other. As daughters of the King of Glory, we can come alongside each other fighting our battles together. I had a sweet friend, Kathleen, the same one who I mentioned in in an episode earlier about how she'd say she had to keep her head in the game. Kathleen was the kind of other mother who had a child the same age as my middle daughter, Kaylee. And um just doing life together with her at that stage of our lives was such a sweet gift from the Lord God Almighty, partly because she'd already been through this twice with a son and a daughter who were quite a bit older than her youngest son, who happened to be the same age as my daughter. This is an amazing weapon we have. Don't miss out on this one. Do not isolate yourself and miss out on the blessing of being genuine friends with that mama who's sitting in the bleachers next to you or at the ballpark sweating it out with you. Become friends with those other mothers and discover what kind of treasure God has hidden in that friendship. Our fifth and the final divine weapon that I'm going to share with you today is our personal relationship with God. The most powerful weapon we carry into battle is the confidence that we have in God. The most powerful weapon we carry into battle is the confidence we have in God to be God in our lives. You see, I am confident that God is going to be all of who he is all the time. And I have invited him to be all of who he is in and through my very life. I've invited him to be all of who he is on the platform so that when people look at me, they see so much more. In fact, they don't even see me, they just see evidence of the glory of God operating in and through every relationship that is precious to me every activity that i put my hand to anything and everything i want people to understand the confidence that i have in god to be god in my life friends when we trust him we experience him doing what only he can do in and through us (laughs) i want to be like my granddaughter misty When she was about three years old, one of our favorite pastimes was to go to um, the store and to find ourselves on the toy aisle. I don't know what it is about grandparents wanting to buy toys for these children, but it is so much fun. And when we would go there, her mother, I guess, was trying to teach her the value of money and that these things don't just automatically appear and you can't just have anything you want anytime you want it. And so Misty was wanting some particular little toy, probably a stuffed animal or something. And, and her mama said, Misty, do you have any dollars? And Misty looked at her mama, and she looked at me, and she said, Mama, I don't need any dollars. I've got a nana. <laughs> and honey, she did. She had a nana. Those children, those children of mine, those grandchildren of mine don't need any dollars. They got a nana. But what I want to say is that's how we are. We don't need tricks, we don't need potions, we don't need horoscopes, we don't need to read the stars, we don't need to turn over the tarot cards, we don't need to get the right teacher at the right time in the right place, we don't need um for that terrible thing not to have happened. We've got God on our side. And He's got all that we need. What does victory look like for you, my friends? I'm still that ferocious mama that I became on March the 12th, 1993 at 12.08 a.m. And victory for me looks the same today as it did on September 22, 1993. Did I say 93? On March 12, it was 1992 On September 22, 1993, and on May 24, 1995, I still, victory for me is spelled the exact same way when Michael Lauren McCoy and Kaylee Ray McCoy-Standish and... Taylor Jamison McCoy profess the Lord as the Lord, and they know him as their personal savior, as their confidant and friend, and as they yield their lives wholly and completely to his lordship and his presence, and they make their contribution to the, the mandate from God above to establish and to advance his kingdom of love. What does victory look like for you? For me this year, it looks like Misty growing in the fear and the admonition of the Lord as she just conquers fifth grade. It looks like River learning to live in harmony with her teachers and her friends and herself as she understands what it's like to be the daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as she conquers first grade. What does victory look like for you, my mama, My grandmama, let's stake claim to the victory the Lord has planted in our hearts. Let's armor up with the full armor he's given us to be unstoppable on the battlefield as we use these weapons that he has and take back and establish victory in the name of Jesus. Lord, be glorified in these victories that will be won this school year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Prayer Clinic Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, take a minute to give us a rating, subscribe if you haven't already, and please share this with a friend. There's no doubt that you know someone who could use the encouragement that we've shared today. I'm Leanne McCoy, founder of the Prayer Clinic Ministry, and I'm on a mission to mobilize our churches to pray. Don't forget that when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Check out the show notes for today's episode to um, get access to any of the links connected to our guest or uh, connected with the prayer clinic ministry. I look forward to being with you next time. Keep on praying, my praying people.